0: You're listening to Working Better Together, a show hosted by High 5 and friends who are on a mission to improve culture, leadership and people within organisations. Hi there, welcome to our first episode of Working Better Together. I'm Gary Walmart, the CEO of High 5 and in this episode we chat to Bailey Kropman who is the Head of Talent and Organisational Performance at Superbalist. Superbalist is South Africa's biggest and trendiest online shopping destinations for fashion and apartments. She'll be taking us through how she impacted the growth at Sabilis, which is literally a startup when she joined three years ago. We discussed her learnings of blitzscaling from 5 to 150 employees whilst retaining the high-performance startup culture. We also discussed retaining the culture by intentionally setting up the vision and values and continuously getting buy-in from leadership and the rest of the company. That's enough from me. I hope you enjoyed the show.
1: Where I've more recently landed up is as a qualified industrial psychologist, and then I worked in consulting for a couple of years, and from that moved into Superblist. That was three years ago, mm-hmm. and moving into a fast-growing company um, has yeah kind of come with a lot of different challenges mm-hmm. and changes. So. Yeah, if we go back to that, I think it was more academic to start off with, but Mm. lots of practical learnings along the way.
0: And now, tell me, um, what was the biggest challenge coming from from corporate to a pretty much a startup that's grown into a full fledged company?
1: I think yeah. So I guess a a lot of it was academic to start off with, best practice, um, kind of going back to research. Versus what's really practically happening on the ground. I think that was a big learning for me. But also, kind of removing all your previous bias and assumptions about organizations. You know, we, you, you had the opportunity, I had the opportunity to kind of think outside the box, challenge, use my intuition, and learning from people versus just what was happening in, in traditional structures. So I guess that was the biggest eye-opener in this environment. We could really challenge.
0: And and how did you get buy-in from the founders and the CEO? Uh,
1: So they're really young, innovative guys who were always looking to be disruptive um, and still are. And at their core had been able to change and pivot and true entrepreneurial spirit, which they brought into the business. But it took a lot of assessing the current status quo bringing awareness around what the kind of scale was doing and fast growth was doing on the ground okay. so lots of focus groups and um, just feedback honest communication
0: Brilliant. and I think I think mean, one of the biggest things that stands out in terms of Superbolist is the culture you know and I think that's obviously baked in the in the vision and the values that that's come about uh, within the company and I think you've got an amazing story to tell there you know and can you give us maybe give us a bit of background of how you guys came up with the, the values and the vision within the company.
1: Sure, so um, when I started at Superblist, we we were in a space where it had recently been acquired by Take light Group and had pivoted it from Citymob into um, Superblist.com, a full fashion retailer. Um, so there were lots of operational changes and Almost changes in terms of the vision, and although it was quite clear in the founders' minds, it wasn't so clear to everyone. And together, um, after kind of really interacting with everyone and understanding where we were at, we came together to think about what were, what was missing in terms of kind of creating creating either the guiding stars or connection to this new this new direction. Um, so those, those, uh, yeah, it, it was about what did we really stand for, and to define that, it became well, what did we really value, and I think that's what led us on the journey to say, what, what did we want to communicate internally and kind of drive the right behaviors, and it turned into well, it was a set of values that we were always going to stand by.
0: Brilliant. And then, how did you, as a company, come up and with and create those values?
1: so we we came together as almost a leadership team which was undefined um fully at the time but a a group of people came together who had all been driving the business in certain directions and we started to look at and this was drawn from the jim collins and um how to build great companies and all the, the the research that had been done in the past they always turned to the why from Simon Sinek and that you needed the vision and big, hairy, audacious goals. So we drew on that and we we, we made it our own. We tried to look at what was our why, mm-hmm. which was quite different to what it is now in fact. So that kind of central why has changed, but it's part of our values. Mm-hmm. And we looked at what were the set of, at the time, um, quite organic, but... Um, real uh, values that we really stood by or behaviors that we stood by. We didn't know that these principles, the norms, were actually our values. And we, as a collective, started to go through a process where we were talking about what really um,
0: drove us. And, yeah, and and how long did it take? Or can you tell us more about the process? Like how many sessions or how many? So months?
1: the process started with Claude, one of our co-CEOs, and myself. We put a presentation together where we looked at what was current mm-hmm. and where we were going to go. And he 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 ran almost a a, a session in the morning where we went off site and we looked at what was what were these big hairy audacious goals that we were going to work towards. And then the workshop led into, let's try and define, well, if we were going to look at vision, and um, so we broke it down into, sorry, we broke it down into vision, the why, the purpose, and then the values. Um, and so this was quite trying, um, and it's not an easy process, because you have all these competing ideas, and when you don't have that kind of clarity... You start to realize in the room that you might not all be on the same page. Oh, wow. So there was a lot of debate. It required a lot of facilitation, and we were all quite new at it. So it was ongoing. So the first session was a morning session where we looked at our vision and our why, and that took a long time. Defining a why in the morning is unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we we worked through it, and the vision was quite. Luckily for us, the vision was quite simple. Mm-hmm. We were a super ambitious organization. We knew where we wanted to be. Um, and so we, we managed to plot the vision. And then breaking down the why was quite difficult. We had lots of completing mm-hmm. views. But we we came to a good space. And so what we did was, instead of trying to walk out of the, the day workshop with everything um, decided, we decided to put down or everything confirmed, rather, we looked at, let's just get all the ideas down.
0: Brilliant, yeah.
1: So the first day, we really just plotted everything as much as we could. We distilled, we kind of eliminated, and we went through one of these kind of sticky note processes where everyone was writing and putting stickies all over the wall and lots of whiteboard and lots of team brainstorming. And we came up with these three areas where we had themes. Themes for values, few s- statements for the vision, and then ideas for for the purpose, um, and we let it lie for a little bit, and uh, we came back and we, Claude and I grouped and themed, and then we sent feedback out to everyone again to say, okay, well, here are the themes, what do you think, and people, we came back together as a group, gave more comments.
0: Oh, so employees feedback as well?
1: This was still just the leadership team, okay. we got the themes, and we, we kind of then started putting words to the themes, um, and it helps when you try and articulate it, it doesn't need to be punchy at first, but really articulate what these themes mean, and we narrowed them down.
0: Okay, brilliant. And then when did you start evolving the employees I mean what was that process?
1: so once we had um, a statement that we were really comfortable with in terms of the vision the purpose and then a set of values which we landed up with eight core strong values that and it sounds like quite a lot um, but what was really nice about doing it in themes is we found a golden thread through all the values Brilliant. so one value that, that you can't really run these values in isolation to a large extent. They knock on or yeah. they feed each other in some way. So it was a really nice golden thread. Once we had this idea defined, we were prepared to change it. Mm-hmm. But what we did was we started to include everyone. And at that stage, we were, I guess, still small enough. We were about, um, we were probably about 70, 80 people at that stage.
0: So was the, that was the first time you were actually including values?
1: Yeah, I think when we, when, when Takealot um, Group acquired Superbulous, they had a set of values, but no one ever referenced them or came running. close to it. So we used it, some of those as the base, but we wanted to make it real for the journey and that they'd been on and where we were going. So this was the first time this hugely entrepreneurial company sat down together and said, let's really talk about what we want to do, yeah. we want to define. And it was the the first journey of building a values driven organisation, and so what we did was we we worked with a company called Enlighten,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a customer experience company, and so we wanted to start solidifying that the values knocked onto the customer and bring that awareness
0: oh, wow. in. Wow! So it travels through from internally in the company right through to the customer experience.
1: Exactly, okay. and it was a nice way to really connect it because yeah. we spoke about well. Is this what we do, and what you know? What is the customer? Who is the customer? Mm. So it was really, I mean, it was a little bit um, putting it together at that stage, bit by bit. But we worked with Enlighten, and we did a full workshop where we split the company up at random, mm. and we ran day um, each each group. I think there were kind of five groups across the week. Each had an off-site day workshop where we spoke about whether these values what they meant to us, were they real, how did it look to the customer, what happened, and we really broke these down. And then we pulled all the feedback together and we solidified what these values meant. And then it was starting with the where do they sit, how do we live by them, how do we reinforce them.
0: Okay, and in the total process, do you think from start to finish?
1: I think from start to finish probably took us, if I think back, Um, It probably, to get to the point where we had them written down and clear, I would say maybe two and a half months.
0: That's not bad. Yeah. And do you think in terms of man hours from leadership and employees?
1: The leadership team quite a bit. Um, We, yeah, I think, I mean, I think we probably had dedicated Claude and Luke and myself I'm dedicated over these values at least a week, just like kind of drumming through a lot of it and what does it mean? And we've revisited it again and again. Yeah. here's the real learning of all of this is that it's totally ongoing. You have to keep making sure that the values, the 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 perception or the um, interpretation of the values is what you still always intended. Yeah, because that sometimes three years later you look back and think, well, I'm, is our onboarding enough to make sure that. These are interpreted in the right way. So that's some of the key that really comes into. It.
0: Brilliant. And and tell me in terms of the um, what you would have changed retrospectively. You know, if you look back and what what you've done differently, is there and you would have learned or done differently.
1: Yeah, there always is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that our process was really great for where we were at at the time. Um, and I think we've come up, the, the testament is that the values still hold so strong today.
0: Brilliant, yeah. The
1: importance we placed on the why, we've looked back and thought, actually we pivoted so quickly that our why, um, in the traditional, more academic sense of what we were clinging onto, we didn't, we didn't get that right. But that was okay because our vision and the guiding objectives have become the why.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is it's it's great that yourself you're seen as a more agile company, so it's okay to adapt and change. If it wasn't for that, it would have been a bit harder to change that. I think so, and
1: I think that the why, this idea of you know everyone clinging to the why is not it's totally you know we stand by that, but it's how you position what that why really means and what you're trying to portray, and we just weren't sure enough about where we got to, but that was absolutely fine because we landed up. that's been the iteration, which Brilliant. is part of our values. So I think where we, what I learned from the process was, it was the inclusion was great, the breaking down, the getting by, and being able to say, this is what we propose, but we're open to all the feedback. And then feeding that back to everyone was key. What, we, what I've learned that we could have done better is how you continue to reinforce that. Brilliant. So we weren't quite set up to reinforce it in every aspect because we didn't have every aspect set up. So onboarding, um, like how did we measure the behaviors? How did we kind of really embed them? What were we talking about? That has evolved over time.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so it would have probably solidified quicker if we'd kind of had the backup.
0: And what do you think? and um, why is the values and the culture so important to Suburbia?
1: I think it's important because it really drives the right high performance behavior. And yeah. um, the value the, the behaviors that these values elicit are all totally connected to building high performance teams, a high performance culture, autonomy. So although we're not saying autonomy is a value, what these values drive is you need to be autonomous to be able to be really decisive and think fast and ship fast. And you know, so so I think it indirectly created um, space for us to design this organization and and drive the right behaviors, and we became very true to how we stuck to the values. So, called you you know hire against them, called from top to bottom out against them, use them in our rhetoric. Like those those became really important drivers of behavior. So, yeah, I think I think building a values organization only really works if you are going to be true to those at any corner, at any level.
0: So what you're saying is when you set them up, it's, it's about living them out. It's not just about putting them on a wall or in the toilet, Yeah. it's about actually every single person, from leader to employee, living them out.
1: Yeah, this can't be lip service, otherwise okay. it just becomes like another be a great ambassador.
0: And, <laughs> and I think that's the one thing that we've seen with a lot of companies is that the most obvious value is integrity you know, yeah. or uh, teamwork. And I think what we've seen is that um, it doesn't mean any different to an employee because it's just writing on the wall. I, yeah. I think what you're saying is about living it up and and make and having it make sense to the employees. Yeah, so.
1: I think it's about understanding what that behaviour is versus um, a norm that we want to achieve because if you you almost build the behaviour to drive that it becomes a norm within the business versus, you know, these are real principles but to do your job really well, these are guiding principles for you yeah. versus just, um, you know, yeah. be a good person. It's Actually, it's quite guiding. I think I ask everyone in onboarding, I meet with every new startup at at some point, and I ask them, you know, how do these values feel? What were the values at your last company? And I, they, they never remember the last values.
0: Exactly. And so
1: I think how we position them and how they sound and what they represent, it's just like, it's quite. Um, uh, you can really relate to it, okay. but then we start measuring against them. We start talking about themes that against quarters. There's a whole. There's a whole lot of ways that we kind of start saying this is really real. This is going to help you. Yeah. Um, and if people and if it doesn't work, then it also becomes really clear.
0: Well, and how do you measure against them?
1: So, it's, um, we, we kind of give you the opportunity quarterly to get, get feedback on the values. And okay, um, you, you talk about, you rate yourself qualitatively yeah. as well as being rated against them. And it's all, you know, we don't break it down into like the nitty gritty behaviors, but it's about really just checking in on. Are these driving the right things in terms of high
0: and, performance? And that ongoing measurement and data helps. Does it? Do you think it adds value to the employees as well as the organisation?
1: I think probably more to the employees than the organisation, because um, it's, it's, quali- it's qualitative feedback and it really guides the conversation of this is how you could be better, um, iterate or or to be more decisive or to collab- like collaboration. Like where are we getting to with this? So it 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 gives great points of. Well, this would help you versus you're not achieving that KPI. Really, exactly. So I think that's been the real benefit for employees. It forces the conversation and it gives a real starting point for, for these behavioral conversations.
0: Brilliant. That's amazing. I think it's insightful. I think it's going to help a lot of people out. Um, is Anything else you want to just, uh, any other tips or any other feedback you've had in the past with this?
1: Yeah, I think you've got to be, um, yeah, you do need to keep revisiting it. And I think it's okay to say certain things change. Um, we've never changed the values, but we've slightly changed some of the wording and to explain them because of uh, how they were being interpreted. I think it's critical to position these from interview into, um, you know, performance. And and in that process, you definitely want buy-in and inclusion because you want people to believe in the same thing if we're all going to work towards the same thing. So I think, yeah, I think it, it must be an inclusive process, but...
0: Um, guided by something real. It's staying agile, like it's being open to change. I think yeah, big,
1: I think yeah, and I, I wonder if a lot of companies revisit and change them, maybe not because they should stay quite constant but your strategy will change along with it and the value should hopefully kind of keep supporting that.
0: Brilliant, well thanks a lot for your time. Sure. And, uh, yeah, hopefully see you next, on the next show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sure, cool, thanks a lot. Hope you enjoyed the first episode of Working Better Together. If you have any feedback, comments, ideas, or suggestions, please get in contact with us on Twitter at give a high five numerical or email us on podcasts at get5.io. That's G E T five numerical.io. We'll send out a new podcast every month with fresh insights from our friends, so don't miss out.